Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. A New York City point guard will give up his girl and his chain before he give up his dribble. We revolutionized this game with our influence. New York City playground basketball blew up on a global scale. What we were seeing was cultural resilience. It's New York City at its finest. Self-made American superstar. Better believe. Jake Paul. Now we win it. Now we win. Takes on the son of a heavyweight champion. Hey. Haseem Rahman Jr. Wait a minute. Paul risks it all against his most dangerous opponent yet. And Puerto Rican superstar Amanda Serrano makes a return to the garden. Now we win it. Now we win it. Paul versus Rahman. Live on pay-per-view Saturday, August 6th. It's the last stand. And here is your host. Brian Custer. That's right. It is the last stand. We bring you some of the biggest names in the sport. And joining me today is one of those rising stars in the middleweight division. This young man is unbeaten. But here's the thing. He is the relative of a legend. Let's say the GOAT. Because his moniker is the legend lives on. He is Nico Ali Walsh. Nico, welcome to the last stand. Thank you for having me, Brian. It's so nice to meet you. You did nice to meet you as well. So listen here, uh, August 20th, uh, in San Diego, national television, ESPN, you're back in the ring, Reyes Sanchez. Now, you two fought, uh, I want to say it was last December. You got the majority decision in that fight. It was somewhat uh, close. Tell us why you think the outcome's going to be different this time around. Well, I've learned so much since December. I mean, if, if you could see through my fights, my fight in January uh, ended in the second round. And then my fight uh, in, I believe it was April, uh, ended in the first round. So I've gotten so much better since then. This is the only opponent that I haven't stopped. This is the only opponent that I've gone the distance with. And this guy gave me my toughest fight. So it's time to uh, right that wrong. Now, listen, uh, let's not bury the lead. I mean, you're obviously the grandson of the GOAT, Muhammad Ali. What has it been like now that you're in the sport and knowing that, you know, your grandfather was the greatest of all time? It's amazing. You know, uh, they they coined this name for me, The Legend Lives On. I did not come up with that, uh, but it's very heartwarming, you know, for me and my family. We We love that, you know. And uh, I love boxing, so if I can continue something great like the legacy of my grandfather's and, and create my own in the process, that's uh, 
huge honor. Where do you think you are right now in your development, Nico? You know, I'm in the early stages. Uh, my my career has been fast-tracked. You know, if you look at, like, any normal boxer, like if you look at, like, Floyd Mayweather or Canelo or, you know, Pacquiao, their first 10 fights weren't, you know, televised fights. Their first 10 fights, they're building their careers. You know, they're, they're learning. Uh, but because of the position I'm in with my grandfather, uh, it's a double-edged sword. I'm, like, I'm fighting on ESPN for my first fight, for my first fights, you know, and then I'm fighting people who are, are not, you know, pushovers. So I'm learning on the job, but I've, I've been doing well so far. You, you know, when you started, uh, you know, Abel Sanchez was like in your corner, then it was Sugar <clears throat> Hill, Stewart, K. Caroma. So tell me, even though you're early in your development, why, why so many trainers here early on? I have no idea. You know, I'm the guy that listens to uh, the boss. I listen to whoever's in charge. So uh, whoever my trainer is, they tell me to jump. I ask them how high. That's that's the way that I work. And, uh, yeah, no, I love these guys. All Everyone that I've been with so far uh, has helped me get to the point that I'm at right now. Mm. Um, all right, so I, I got to know. Tell me, how old were you when you first got introduced to the sport of boxing? I was, you know, putting gloves on with my grandfather when I was like three, but that doesn't count. Uh, I was like, I, my first time in a ring in front of a crowd where I had to fight somebody, I was like 10. It was an exhibition for, for childhood cancer. It was like a fundraiser. So uh, that was my first time ever being introduced to boxing. Mm, and 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 what did he tell you at the time when you were you were doing it? And you're just like, hey, I'm liking this. What did Muhammad Ali tell you at the time about the sport? Well, when I was ten, I didn't take it seriously. I, I was just I was having fun with it. I didn't even know it was a possibility that that's a road I could go down. But when I was fourteen, that's when I started taking it seriously, and that's when my uh, grandfather started talking to me about stuff and. Uh, he would just tell me that it's a long road. He would just tell me about, you know, the discipline that it takes in boxing, which I believe now at this point, discipline is hereditary. You know, if you look at the greats, you know, the people that are are, are raised by them, uh, they have the same sort of discipline. You could see it. Um, at, at what age did you realize, though, you really came to grips with, I'm related to probably the most recognizable man on this planet. I think I was, well, I didn't know he was the most recognizable man on the planet until I was 16, unfortunately. Wow. Yeah, I was, I was old. Yeah, I was 16. And unfortunately I had to find that out when he had passed away. I didn't, I, the love that the world showed when he passed away made me kind of understand that and it was such a weird process because me and my family were grieving and it was like everyone else was grieving everyone else in the world was grieving so it was just weird but that kind of helped me understand it more wow and so let's say when you're 14 for him for you it was just what grandpa i mean you just knew that oh yeah this guy used to box yeah, no, we, we called him, we called him Poppy and, and that's, that's what it was. It was just my grandfather, you know, the, we would hang out with him all the time. 
I'd do magic tricks for him. We'd watch horror movies with him. We'd, you know, just make jokes. That's, that's what it was. That's unbelievable. So now listen, your aunt Layla uh, is obviously the only other Ali who has not only navigated through this sport, but done it successfully. Um, Now a hall of famer. What advice did she give you? Then once you you took it seriously and you're like, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna be professional and I'm going forward with this. What advice did she give you? Well, she was at my amateur fights way back in the day, so she understood back then uh, the pressures of it, and uh, she's the only person that could really understand what I'm going through because she's the only other boxer in the family uh, aside from myself. She's the only you know aside from her and my grandfather. We're the three that have, you know, boxed in the family. So she would just tell me that I get the best version of whoever I fight. So if I'm fighting someone, you know, who's not so good, I will fight the best version of that guy who's not so good. And that's how it's been. Even in the amateur days, that's how it's been. Yeah. So give us some insight then, Nico, on what's it like when you are a professional fighter and Muhammad Ali is your grandfather. Honestly, it's it's so hard to tell. I feel like any other fighter. Um, you know, the I understand like the pressure and stuff, but to me, he's just my grandfather. I don't see him as like uh, the way everyone else sees him. I he's my idol, but uh, if he wasn't a boxer, you know, if he if no one knew him, he'd still be my idol. He's just he's my grandfather. So I don't know. I feel no, I feel normal. Yeah, yeah. You look, look. Even I got the uniform on. I mean, you know what I mean? that's I, I how thought, we feel about it. I already it. know where that shirt's from. You, you. I thought you were trying to hide that from me. That shirt is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 going deeper uh, into that, you know, because he was and was your grandfather, and and you're a professional, and you're in the sport, you know. What comes with that? I mean, do do people want to just touch you? Do they just want to talk to you? You know, do they give me story? You know, what is that like? Yeah, definitely. You know, people have such a uh, love. They have a, such a respect for my grandfather that it's like that. It, it's They carry that on to me, which is great. But that wouldn't be the case if I was some, you know, jerk. You know, I, I, I believe I was raised right uh, by my parents. And obviously I looked at my grandfather, the most recognizable man on the planet, uh, the most loved man on the planet at, at one point. And, uh, he treated everyone the same. He treated, you know, uh, the waitresses the same as he would treat, you know, the princes that he would meet. So if someone of his, you know, stature could do that, then I always have to do that. And, uh, that's that's the way I carry myself, and I believe that's why people, uh, you know, they they translate that love and respect for my grandfather onto me. Absolutely. What was mom like when when you know you had that discussion with mom and was like, yeah, mom, I'm going forward with this. I want to do it. What was what was her reaction? She was very supportive, but obviously she doesn't want to see. She she just got finished, you know, seeing her dad get you know hit in boxing, and she doesn't want to see her son get hit, but. You know, she she never tried to stop me from doing it. She was very very supportive. Oh, that's great. That's fantastic. So you know, your your uh, grandfather uh, was promoted by Bob Arum uh, and top rank. Yes. I mean, he promoted like twenty seven 
uh, of his fights. Was that intentional when you when you signed with Top Rank? Absolutely. Uh, I I just every day I'm I'm so blessed to be you know where I'm at right now in in my career. And it wouldn't be this way without Bob Arum. Uh, I wouldn't want it any other way. You know, I love, I, I love boxing. I love, you know, all promotions in boxing. You know, I respect all of them, but uh, I'm, I'm a guy that loves to follow the path of, of the greats. I love, you know, I love a, a tradition. And uh, we're definitely keeping that tradition now that I'm with Top Rank. Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Brian Custer. I want to talk to you about our partner, Athletic Greens. You know, I started taking Athletic Greens because, quite simply, I wanted more energy, more focus, doing this podcast, doing SportsCenter, hosting Showtime Championship Boxing, and, of course, for my workouts. And I got to tell you, I simply love it. You know, Athletic Greens doesn't taste like one of those super healthy drinks. It has a mild tropical taste, I'm sure, that you're going to enjoy each morning. So what is it? Well, with one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, what you're getting is you're absorbing 75 high-quality minerals, vitamins, whole-sourced superfoods, probiotics, adaptogens to really help start your day uh, right. It contains less than one gram of sugar. There are no GMOs, uh, no nasty chemicals, artificial anything, while it still tastes good. And it supports better sleep quality, it's going to give you better recovery, and it's also going to support your mental clarity, while also alertness. You know, AG1 is a small microhabit with big benefits. In essence, it's one thing you can do every single day to take care of yourself. And it's lifestyle friendly. So whether you're keto, whether you're paleo, vegan, uh, dairy-free, or even gluten-free, and it costs you less than $3 a day. So really, you're investing in your health, especially if you have one of those habits where you got to buy a brew every day. And additionally, for every purchase, they donate to organizations helping to get nutritious food to kids in need, including no kid hungry here in the U.S. In fact, in 2020, Athletic Greens donated over $1.2 million in meals to kids. Right now, I'm telling you, it is the perfect time to reclaim your health, your immune system with a really convenient daily nutrition. And it is something that I'm telling you that is going to supplement you and look out for your health. So you know what? We're going to make it easy. Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five of these, these travel packs with your first purchase. And all you've got to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash last stand. Again, it's athleticgreens.com slash last stand. It is time to take ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance, Athletic Greens. You know, your, your grandfather was a master at using the media, uh, whether it was hyping yeah. fights, you know, talking, dealing with the media. What about you? Do you enjoy the media attention? You know, I'm, I'm actually more of a recluse, believe it or not. Like, I'm... I'm I don't like the media. I don't, I don't like the, uh, the limelight. Uh, but 
it's it's here and I understand why it's here. So I use it for what, what I'm supposed to use it for. And, uh, yeah, I, I, nobody's like my grandfather and nobody right. will be like my grandfather. He had a personality. I'd like to think that I have part of his personality, but, uh, yeah, I'm definitely not, I, I don't love fame and attention like that. So- so you're telling me after this fight, and and you and I'm assuming you're going to be victorious on August 20th. You're not going to be at, at when they interview you in the ring saying, "I am the greatest. I am the oh, greatest no, of all time." No, no, <laughs> I could never. I could never. You know, I uh, for my my fourth my fourth fight. Yeah, my fourth fight. I did my grandfather's shuffle before I knocked out my opponent, and right. uh, that was so out of my head like i i had not planned that at all that came out of nowhere so i tried to not uh why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them with royal caribbean you don't just go to the beach you visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in north america you don't just go for a road trip you atv and zip line through the jungle You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Like, replicate my grandfather? Because, you know, I want to be my own person, but uh, sometimes stuff like that just just pops out and, and I can't help it. You know, we that's what I grew up watching. Yeah, you know, I think it was a, a a shot of you hitting the bag, and that went viral because it looked just like your grandfather. The, oh, they yeah. Put them right yeah, by weird each stuff other. like that happens. Weird stuff like that happens. You know, I, I never do anything uh, intentionally, but it's going to be impossible to not find similarities between a grandson and his grandfather. It's, you know, it happens. I'm just curious, you know, we use the term goat all the time and your grandfather yeah. was one of the first to say i'm the greatest of all time. did he ever i mean when you were talking did he ever call himself the goat he never said the goat but he would say all the time that he he would his line was i'm the greatest of all time and i'm knocking out all bums he would say that <laughs> he would say that to us but goat goat i feel like the the term goat is more modern uh but he knew who who he was he knew he he was the greatest of all time in his seventies. He knew it. That's fantastic. So, Nico, you're fighting in the middleweight division, Nico. And I know we're young in the infancy stages of your career. But what is your ultimate goal in the sport of boxing? My ultimate goal is to make it to the top. You know, I, I want to be uh, one of the greats. I want I want to be you know I, I want to take it as far as I as I possibly can, and that's my dream. I, I feel like I've been doing great so far. Uh, and yeah, I mean, the sky's, the sky's the limit when, when with someone like myself, where I love the sport of boxing and I will do anything it takes to reach my goals. I feel like the sky's the limit. That's fantastic. Nico, for everybody who comes on the show, we allow people to submit questions through social media. We got a number of them for you, so we'll just get right to them. Uh, They come from Twitter. First one comes from Lord on Twitter. He says, do you feel any pressure to live up to your grandfather's legacy? Um, I mean, in in a way, yes. Uh, But if my grandfather wasn't, you know, if my grandfather was Joe Schmo, I would feel the pressure to live up to, you know, someone's expectations so i definitely feel the pressure but uh it's more of a family a family pressure it's not it's not because of you know 
the public. Got it. Uh, yeah. Brother Mazzone, uh on Twitter asks, your thoughts on your aunt getting inducted into the Boxing Hall of Fame, and did you attend? I wish I could have attended. I was training, but I texted her, and I, I'm so happy for her. That is awesome. She was, you know, she transcended uh, women's boxing, and she's one of the first, you know, to put it on the map. So I'm glad that uh, she's finally getting uh, inducted like that. It's it's awesome. Last one here from Twitter uh, asks, "What was Ali like outside of the ring?" I feel like he was he was the same. He really didn't, you know, hold back. The what you see is what you got, and. That that goofy kind of guy, that's how he was with us at his house, you know, at Thanksgiving, at his birthdays, you know. He was he's just funny, you know. He he never he never faked for anybody. So even even when he was older, he was uh always taking every single picture, every single autograph. Uh just awesome. That's fantastic. Okay, Nico, we've come to the last segment of the show. We call it the last stand. I'm going to ask you just a series of questions. Nico, you give me the first thing that comes to your mind. You ready? Okay, I like it. I'm ready. Here we go. Um, Listen, your grandfather was one of the first uh, socially active athletes who really used his platform for social change. Uh, Will you be just as socially active, you think? Absolutely. Um, that's, that's how I was raised. The quote that I always think of is if you don't stand for anything, you'll, you'll, if if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. And, uh, my grandfather stood for something and that's how I was raised. So absolutely. Um, second one, Floyd Mayweather says he's the greatest boxer of all time because, in his words, Ali and Sugar Ray Robinson had losses. How could they be the greatest? He says, I retired 50-0. and Is he correct? I don't think he's correct, but he's definitely the greatest defensive boxer of all time. And, uh, you know, his, his mindset, you know, especially since he's still, you know, active, sort of, uh, his mindset is that he's the best and he's got to be the best. When Floyd is 50 years old, he might not be saying those things. You know, <laughs> we'll, we'll have to see. I feel like Floyd will end up becoming like Mike Tyson where, you know, at, he, he starts mellowing out and becoming, you know, that, that, that wholesome, you know, wise yes. old man. Absolutely. And Mike reveres Muhammad Ali. So you, you're right I about that. I absolutely love Mike. Yep. Uh, uh, greatest item. Something that you cherish the most that your grandfather gave you before he passed away? Oh crap! There's uh, I had these prayer beads uh, that I would wear all the time, and then uh, before he had passed away, we uh, I, I took them off, and I said I'm never wearing them again. So mm. he didn't give them to me, but we held them together. So it makes me think of him. Wow. Uh, I'm just curious. Did he ever give you any of like uh, old shorts or anything like that that you have that maybe one day you'll uh, you'll rock into the ring? He didn't. I wore I wore his shorts for my first fight. He didn't give me those. I got those after he had passed away. Uh, But I mean, anything boxing related, he hasn't given. I've got like his shoes. Wow. And like. I've got like Halloween masks and stuff, but nothing boxing related. Stuff that's important to me. Yeah, that's great. That's fantastic. Yeah. All right, listen, you fighting in the middleweight division. Uh, give me the one fighter in that division that you can't wait 
to get in the ring when you think about 160? It's tough because when I think about 160, I think about even though Canelo's moving up and down, uh, I, I think of Canelo immediately. Uh, but then I also think of David Benavidez. Uh, it, it, it's tough. You know, if I want to be the great uh, boxer that I want to be, I'd have to fight one of those guys at some point. Yeah. And uh, they're massive talents. They're, you know, they're my favorite fighters uh, in boxing today. So those guys. All right. Last but not least here, Nico. If your grandfather always talked about he float like a butterfly and stings like a bee, what is Nico Ali saying? Ooh, I have no clue. You know, it, it's it's funny because I don't think I don't I don't think my grandfather came up with that. I think it was Boudini Brown, but yes. I could I could be wrong. Yes, you're right. Uh, I think yeah. So. These these quotes and these sayings, even even like the legend lives on. I didn't come up with that. The people come up with that. Uh, so I'm sure there will be something that I could do. You know? I love it. I love people it. People will come up with it around me. I love it. That is fantastic. By the way, here's a, here's a crazy thing. What about your dad? How does I mean? Obviously, your dad. I mean, it's almost like he's he's the the odd man out because everyone's always talking about your mom and your grandpa. I know he he hates he hates cameras. He hates the spotlight. And he hates attention. He's the total opposite of my mom. So we're like, you know, my dad's there, but he, he doesn't want right. to, you know, be in the camera. That's uh, hilarious. Nico Ali Walsh, he's unbeaten. Uh, he'll be back in the ring, though, August 20th. You can catch his fight on ESPN. Hey, listen, young man, rumble, young man, rumble. It was a pleasure talking to with you. Thank you. Thank you so much. And I love that shirt. And, and thank you for your support. Absolutely. That's what we do here on The Last Day, and we bring you some of the biggest names in the sport, like Nico Ali Walsh. Thanks for watching, everybody. We'll see you again next week. A New York City point guard will give up his girl and his chain before he give up his dribble. We revolutionized this game with our influence. New York City playground basketball blew up on a global scale. What we're seeing was cultural resilience. It's New York City at its finest. A self-made American superstar. Better believe. Jake Paul. Now we win it. Now we win. Takes on the son of a heavyweight champion. Hey. Haseem Rahman Jr. Wait a minute. Paul risks it all against his most dangerous opponent yet. And Puerto Rican superstar Amanda Serrano makes a return to the garden. Now we win it. Now we win it. Paul versus Rockman. Live on pay-per-view Saturday, August 6th.